Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey, Chandler Bolt here, and joining me today is my good friend, Ruth Sukup. Uh, Ruth is the founder and CEO of Ruth Sukup Omnimedia uh, and the New York Times bestselling author of six books. That's right, six books, uh, including her most recent book, Do It Scared, which I have here. I think I have like three to five copies in my house. I've got my Do It Scared <laughs> mug, which I, in my coffee mug, I've got two of them, which I usually have during my podcast interviews. I totally forgot to today. Um, but uh, you may have heard her uh, heard about her through Elite Blog Academy. So she's got over 11,000 students that have went through Elite Blog Academy. So helping them get started or to grow their blog. Um, she's also got the Do It Scared podcast and her Living Well Planner. And I think that's close to 90,000 uh, copies of that has been sold to so a ton of people using the Living Well Planner. And you may also remember her from episode eight of the SPS podcast. So on that episode, we talked a whole lot about living well, spending less. So she's got the book. She's got livingwellspendingless.com. That's a massive site <laughs> uh, and also the planner. And so we kind of talked about all things that. That is not what we're going to talk about today. Um, today, we're going to talk about traditional publishing versus self-publishing. Which one should you pick? Kind of which works for who? All that good stuff. As well as uh, how she sold about 500,000 copies of her book, um, how to blog for profit uh, and use that to grow her business. So uh, if you're someone who's interested in free plus shipping funnel stuff, using a book to grow a course, all that, that'll be the back half. But the first half, we're going to talk traditional publishing versus self-publishing. So Ruth, super excited to have you here. Yay. I'm so excited to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, I want to dive straight into it. And so if, okay. if a lot of people listening or watching are probably thinking traditional publishing, self-publishing, what's the difference you know, which one should I choose? You're obviously someone who's done both multiple I times. I have. And you know what, Chandler, I am so passionate about this topic. I actually had a friend, sort of an acquaintance, like, you know, you know how you have those business sort of friends, but they're mm -hmm. not, your, they're not close friends. So you don't talk all the time. You just, if you need something or have a question or something, you might reach out to them. So I got one of those questions the other day was, you know, Hey, you know, I'm thinking of publishing with your publisher. What was your experience? And I just completely gave him way too much information. And he's like, <laughs> wow. You're really passionate about this topic. I'm like, yes, I am. So <laughs> let's, let's dive into it. Yes. Traditional so versus I've done both. So I, I know, and you've, so I, I think you, your first book was self-published, How to Blog for Profit? Yes. So, yes. So it, they kind of overlapped a little bit, actually. So I decided that I wanted to write a book and had no idea how to do that, you know, like many people. And so I had had a friend who had written a book recently and she said, well, if you, if you want to write a book, then you have to go to, you have to get an agent and you have to go to a, a writing conference. And here's the writing conference that I went to. And here's the name of my agent. She'll be there and you should talk to her. And so go to this. So I, I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this. I'm going to go to this writing conference. Now at the time I already had my, my blog living while spending less the one we talked about last time. So I already started to build a platform at that point. I think I had been blogging for a couple of years, so I had gotten some pretty good traffic at that point and was kind of up on the up and up um, with living while spending less. So I definitely had something, something that would be attractive to an agent, which I think is really key to understand that if you're thinking about publishing, if you're thinking about traditional publishing versus tradition versus self-publishing, if you want to do any traditional publishing, you have to have some sort of a platform or nobody will talk to you. They just won't. Yes. <laughs> Unless yes. you have something amazing. And even then they probably won't talk to you. Like you have to, you have to, yeah. that you come with the numbers first. That's the first thing they're going to ask you about. That's the first thing they want to know. So. And when you just pause in. right there, when you say the numbers, yeah. what, what, what do you mean? 
So the numbers, the numbers. Like your traffic numbers, your either yeah. your social media and, and the, the really funny thing is that they don't even understand the numbers. So any numbers that you give them that seem impressive, they'll probably be impressed with them. They're impressed right. by vanity metrics that we all know as entrepreneurs don't actually mean anything. So number of page views, number of Facebook followers, number of Twitter followers become bearing numbers, right? Really <laughs> what they're trying to work their way back to from your numbers, whether they're vanity numbers or not yes. is how many books are you going to sell yes and like yeah it's like a little bit of the equation of what are the odds that you sell more right. than x copies of books that will make this because fun book? fact about traditional publishers they don't actually do a very good job of selling books so right. they are relying on their authors to sell most of their books so if you think that traditional publishing is going to be the way that you sell lots of books and become a bestseller that's actually not true they're relying on you and your platform. So that's why they ask. So even if you go, so you, I spent all this money and it was expensive to go to this writing conference. And, you know, I wasn't making, a, I don't think I was making like a full-time living from my, from my blog at that point. I had it, I had an audience, but I wasn't monetizing it yet or not monetizing well, let's say, because I didn't have any products. And so I, um, I went to, this conference, talked to this agent. She said, yes, I'd like to work with you, which was great. And so the next step was then I had to come up with a proposal, a write a book proposal. So then I paid this other person who had met, also met at the conference, this author, to help me do my book proposals. So that was thousands more dollars that I paid for this book proposal. Um, and it was, she was another client of this, of my agent. So it was recommended by my agent. And well, so we would do all this work of creating this book proposal. And then while I was waiting, so once the book proposal was done, then it becomes, then you have to pitch it or the agent has to pitch it. So there's several months of waiting for the agent to present it to publishers and, you know, da, 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 back and forth, back and forth. So I had, after I finished my proposal, I had all this nervous energy and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen. Is my proposal going to get accepted? <laughs> like, you know, you just like don't know what's yeah. going on. So I then um, at the same time, right within that same period was also my blog kind of exploded to the point where all of a sudden I was finally making enough money from my blog and from my online business that my husband was able to quit his job to become the stay-at-home dad. This was early 2013. And so my husband quit his job and came home and this was a really big deal. And I, so all of a sudden I had all these friends who were asking me, what, how did you do this? How, how yep. are you making enough money yep. that your husband can quit his job? Cause at that point I did not talk about blogging, the business side of blogging. Right. And I didn't talk about anything that I was doing behind the scenes. It was just all living well, studying less. And so I thought, well, I have all this nervous energy and I have people that are keep asking me this question about how I did this. And I have readers who are wanting to know what, you know, how I'm, how I started my blog and how they can do it too. So I ended up writing this book very quickly, um, probably in the same amount of time that it took me to do my entire book proposal. No <laughs> I way. wrote how to blog for profit without selling your soul. So that became then my first self-published books. So then I decided to self-publish it. I went through Amazon. First, it was just for Kindle. And then um, I eventually did like a second edition and made it also a paperback. But when it went on Amazon the first time, it went to number two on Amazon the day that it launched. On which was all of Amazon. On, yeah, on all of Amazon. Number wow. two. Is that not crazy? So here yeah, I was just crazy. doing this yeah. thing that I was like, I know people are asking about it, but I, I'll just put, yes. I'll just write it down and put it out there. And then I don't have to answer any more questions about it. And so yep. it was almost like an accidental success. Mm -hmm. And that ended up opening so many doors. Yeah. And it's funny you mentioned that because that's exactly how I started self-publishing school. And that's exactly how a lot of our authors get the idea for their book. It's like when people keep, what's the thing that people keep asking you about? I always say it's like, you can only get smacked in the face so many times before you turn around and look. And then when you turn around and look, there's this whole group of people standing there waiting on you to teach them that thing. And they've been asking for a long time. So, so it's so cool true. that kind of was the impetus for this book. So you self-published the book. It goes number two on Amazon. It's selling yep. well. And then it sounds selling like in well. tandem, you got a book deal and then published yes. that book. You want to kind of compare and contrast 
the experience and also the results? So this was, so it's kind of all happening, overlapping. So that summer of 2013 was, I wrote this book, but then my other book is being pitched. So I, I get my offer from my publisher and, you know, sign this contract and then my how to blog for profit comes out Well, I did the first edition of, of how to blog for profit and then ended up rewriting it and doing the second edition of how to blog for profit before my traditional book even came out. So traditional publishing is so long. I had already sold like thousands and thousands and thousands of copies of how to blog for profit before, even though it's so, even though I started living well, spending less than that process way earlier, it didn't actually end up coming out until December of 2014 was when um, that book came out. So it was almost a two year process from, you know, first getting an agent to actually having a published, published book with a traditional publisher is very long and very sucky. <laughs> so sucky. And, <laughs> it was not and why? fun. Like what, what was not fun or on the traditional um, publishing side, what was, what wasn't fun or what was the most difficult part? Um, so I think the thing that was, was hardest was having to fit within parameters that someone else is setting for you. And as the first time author, they publishers treat you as, because it doesn't matter if your business is successful. It didn't matter that my blog was doing really well. And I would had had the self-published book to them. All of that was nothing. I was zero. I was starting at zero. And so it's from an ego standpoint, it's hard to be treated like you're a nothing. And I was completely a nothing to them. I was an unproven author. I had sold zero books for them. They treated me like I was pretty much a no one. And I was to them. And so that was frustrating. That was just hard to have conversations. You know, by then I was starting to get really good at marketing and it was hard to have conversations about marketing because they, again, were, didn't, you know, they'd like, you don't know what you're doing. Just trust us. We know books. We know books. They'd say that to me all the time. We know books. I'm like, yeah, but I know my audience. No, we know, we know books. And so because it was my first time and because I didn't, I, you know, they kept telling me, you don't know what you're doing. I started to believe that too. So I think that part of it was a, was a hard experience and just not, you know, not, not really knowing exactly how to navigate it and, and not trusting, not trusting my gut and not trusting my own instinct. Whereas I think for my own book, it felt, it didn't feel like there was really anything riding on it. And so there, I wasn't putting Mm, as much pressure on myself. And so it was the whole experience was just completely different. It was fun. And it was, I can just put it out there and see what happens. And I don't, you know, so it just, it was a completely, it was a completely different thing. And it's, it's funny how, how the difference kind of uh, psychologically when there's low expectations and you do it quickly and then you smash those expectations and then you keep making the book better versus years of buildup huge expectations. Yes. You're so worried <laughs> that this thing's yes. going to flop. And just, even if it is successful, it almost feels kind of like, oh man, I don't know. Was this successful? But it wasn't as successful as that person that was traditionally published. Yes. Like kind of this, I, I had a similar experience. The, the, the longer the build up to the launch, usually the, the bigger the letdown. <laughs> that is 100% true. And so now I have done three I've done three traditionally published books and they have, it's gotten worse and worse. I have to say the experience, like with the first book was not great. And, but then I, well, my deal was a two book deal. And, and so I had, I was obligated to do the second book. And then my experience with the second book was, was just kind of the same thing. Like I was, I, it was just was not a great experience. They did treat me a little better because my first book sold really well. It made the New York times list. So then all of a sudden I was a somebody. So then they started, they actually started treating me a little bit better, but they still, but by then I was also, you know, my business was way more successful and I was also a very good marketer at that point. And it's just frustrating to feel like your hands are constantly being tied. They would not talk to me about marketing budget. They would, there's just always so many things. No, we don't talk about that with authors. No, we, we need to do it this way. No, we need to do it this way. And, and that I was like having a boss, having a publisher is like having a boss. And I started my own business because I don't like having a boss. I don't, <laughs> I don't want somebody else mm, right. telling me what to do. So from that standpoint, after my second book, I said, after my second traditionally published book, I was like, I'm never doing another traditionally published book ever again. Well, never say never, because then I did, <laughs> then I had this idea for do it scared. 
And I, I was like, I want to do this big study. I have this, I had this big vision for do it scared and the do it scared brand. And I just, and I want really wanted to do like a hardcover book with a big, a big launch. And, um, so I decided to do a traditionally published book again. And, and why? I want to, I want to zoom in on that. So you, you got, yeah. you signed a two book deal. So, I mean, obviously you're on the hook. So for I was two traditionally done. Published yep. books, so I was done. No matter what you've got so to block several years. Yep. Did you have any other self-published books in that timeline? Yes. I had two more um, self-published books. Um, one is called 31 days to a clutter-free life. And one okay. was called 31 days of living well and spending zero. So those were both books for the living well, spending less audience. And those sold like crazy. They still make all three sell? of my self-published books make tons of money. I mean, it's just great. And more I don't than even, the traditionally I don't even, pro books. Oh yeah. I've made way more off of my self-published books than I have off my traditionally published books. Cause I get, I get royalties from Amazon every month and I don't promote any of those books ever. They just sell on their own and I get royalty hmm. checks. Now, now revenue wise in, in relation to all the other things I'm doing in my business, sure. it's not huge, but it's probably right. a couple thousand dollars a month. So right. for I mean, for a lot of people, like it's, it's literally free money. I'm doing nothing right. for these, this couple thousand dollars a month that I get a check for every month. So. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right. So if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement. Were those two self-published books outselling your first two traditionally published books at that time or less, more, same? Um, I don't know exact numbers. I would say probably not. Although like Living While Spending Less did sell a lot of copies. It sold, I think, because I remember my publisher did a big press release that it sold over 100,000 copies in the first year, which wow. I think they said only about right. five books a year actually do that. So, oh, sure. um, so that was a really big deal. It was a, it was a really big seller. So I don't think my other two have sold that many, but it's been, but now they profit more, but now books. they profit more. Yeah. yeah. How the, yeah. the amount of money I get out of it is, right. is more, I mean, and what, this is the thing with traditionally publishing. I mean, it's really about your advance because 95, maybe 97% of books never make back their, their advance. And I had a pretty decent advance for, for that book. Um, but it was, and I did make back my advance, but I mean, I don't get, I don't get massive royalty checks every month from my, from my traditional publisher, like I do from right. Amazon. <laughs> so, right. so long-term the, yeah. the, um, for me, I think for long-term, those self-published books have made a lot more. And so you probably get a check maybe once a quarter from your traditional publisher for those books or something like that. Yeah. Once a quarter. And, and probably 60, 30 to 90 days in arrears from the previous quarter's book sales. Yes. And their, yeah. and their reports are impossible to read or understand and they're super confusing. And yeah. so, so yeah, so I, you would probably wonder why, why on earth did I yeah, do that's another what I was just about to ask. So why? All this said, you Why? got multiple self I don't know. I go back. Trust me, I ask myself that all the time because I went to them, I went to my publisher and and said, "Look, I, you know, I said I would never do this again." And cuz they were coming to me a lot and saying, "We want you to do another book. We want you to do another book. Are you ready to do another book yet?" And I was like, "I I'm, I'm not. I'm not ready." So I finally said, "Okay, if if we're going to do this, then it's going to be on my terms and I want it to be a good experience. Here's, here's my expectations. Here's what I want to do. I want to have full transparency for marketing dollars. I want to have, and they, there was a lot of promises that I feel like were not delivered on. So, um, going back, if, if I was, it, like, if I was to go back and do it again, if I could change that decision, I would have 100% just published it myself. And I would never, 
now at this point in my life, I, when I say I will never again do a traditionally published book, I mean it. <laughs> there is, you can take that to the bank. I'm saying it publicly here. <laughs> okay. Well, I've got so many follow-up questions. So there's so many, okay. so many places we go. To. So I guess that first for a two-parter, why, why say, all right, I am traditionally publishing this book. And then you just said, knowing what I know now, I wouldn't have done that. I would have self-published. Why is that? Yeah. So the only, because I had this big vision for do it scared, um, in terms of doing this big research study that we did with it. And I, and I wanted to launch this do it scared brand and have this kind of be a, you know, a thing, a thing that sort of grew into a life of its own. And so I didn't know if I could, if I could do that and if I could have that same impact, if I did it as a self-published book. And I think in hindsight, because hindsight is always 2020, that is, that was just insecurity on my part. And had I, because looking back, I realized that everything that happened with Do It Scared, because it's been amazing. I, you know, the, the response to Do It Scared yeah. has been amazing there. I got to do a Ted talk about the, the fear archetypes. Like there's been so many great yeah. things that have come out of it. And I think that all of that could have come out of, of self-publishing it too. Because the thing is that I think people don't really realize that authors see the difference sometimes between self-published or traditionally published. And one thing that, that traditionally published can do that it's hard, a much harder thing to do with self-published is to make the lists, the New York times list or the, or the, uh, whatever sure. the other ones are. Yeah. Um, I think it has happened, but it's very rare that, that you would with a self-published book, even selling hundreds of thousands of copies because the, I mean, especially the New York times is right. a proven yeah. arbitrary yeah. <laughs> editorial. Yeah. It's editorial. Yes. They just choose. It's not based on sales. So you, it's all luck anyways. And I think if I would have, I got lucky with, with living well, spending less, it made, it made the list. And so now forevermore, it's like being a one-term Senator, I can forevermore say I'm a New York times bestselling author. And that's great. But I, I did that. I don't need to do it again. But what I've realized too, is that nobody cares. Nobody cares that I get to use that, (laughs) that term. Because if you say I'm a bestselling author, if I'm an Amazon bestselling author, or if I'm New York times bestselling author, it all sounds the same to people who don't, who aren't aren't actually authors for, for 95% or maybe 99% of the people that you'll ever talk to. They're just as impressed by being an Amazon bestseller as they are maybe even more as they are by being a New York times bestseller. And so why, why put yourself through all the hassle? It's just not worth it. You make more money, you have more control you, you get to do all the things that you want to do. You get to control the content 100%, which is also a really big deal because a book is never going to make you millions of dollars. It's unless you hit that rare one in a million girl, wash your Facebook that sells millions and millions of copies. Uh And then maybe you'll make a million dollars off of it. Um, more likely your publisher will make a million dollars off of it in in a, in a case. When she self-published, it's just so funny. I, I just interviewed Dave Hollis, um, her husband, um, yeah. and she self-published that book and then went back and traditionally published. Um, and so I know she's, Rachel Hollis is a big proponent of self-publishing. Now I want to back up for a second and, and touch on one thing you said, and then I want to okay. ask about kind of moving forward. Back up. Your stance. So the backup is just a, I love what you said here. So to clarify for people, yes, New York Times list, editorial list, it, 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 which means they pick the books that are on there. So it yes. is very hard, if not close to impossible to hit the New York Times list as a self-published yes. author. Wall and they have, Journal, USA Today I want to say something about is, that yes, too. Yep. That, so the New York Times, New York Times, if you don't know this, was actually sued several years ago um, for their, for their list practices. They were sued by someone who said, Hey, I sold this, you know, X many books. I should have been on the list. Why wasn't I on the list? And they were sued because somebody saying it was not fair. The judge ruled in favor of the New York times saying that it is editorial content. It is up to their discretion. They can put whoever they want on there, which basically mm-hmm. means that that list means nothing. It's just an eight. It's, it's not on peer units. So if you're looking for yeah. the closest peer units list, that's the USA Today bestseller list. That's closest to actual, I mean, it's just straight up who sold the most books. Yes. And then close second is Wall Street Journal. And so you can hit both of those lists. 
uh, and a decent amount of our authors have as a self-published author, but it is important that you know the difference and you, you know that you're not chasing the New York Times because the majority of times you're going to be disappointed, but then also it's just totally subjective. So even our mutual friend, Michael Hyatt, sold way more copies than the number one book. I think this was with living, his book, Living Forward, and mm-hmm. the, they kept him off the list. And he was, a tradi- right. he was a CEO of a traditional publisher for mm-hmm. you know, 30, or I forget, he was part of that traditional publishing company for like 30 years. Right. I think it was Thomas Nelson. Um, so that's the list. Now you mentioned the phrase, uh, I, I will never traditionally publish again. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Um, because I don't want to have a boss. I don't want to have somebody else tell me what to do. I want to have complete editorial control over, over what my, what's in my book, how I sell it all. I want to have control for the future, for all the royalties. I want to have all the control and I want to be able to use the book as a marketing tool for my other stuff. And so Mm. I think that's the biggest thing for me too, is realizing that's when it, to go back to your book's not going to make you a million dollars. Your book is like a really great business card. Your book is how mm-hmm. is the is and the way that you should be using your book is as a marketing tool to market whatever other things you have to sell. Your book is not your money maker. It's not your bread and butter. It is the it's the way that people find you. It's the way that you build credibility. It's the way that you you show the world what you have to offer so that they know you and like you and trust you the same way that you would do with a blog, the same way it's, it's, it's one more piece of content marketing. Right. I mean, there's it's the start podcasting of a is exactly. And so if you have a publisher who is telling you, Oh no, you can't link to this thing, or you can't offer this freebie, or you can't do this thing because that feels, you know, too promotional, or we don't want you sending people to other places that, that are not our thing, then then you lose your control and you want to say, you want to give your message that you want to, that you want to present, that you want to give, and you want to keep that your message. Now, I think you can do that in a really good way. And I think you should hire an editor and you should, right. all of those things are true too, but do your it yourself. Your self-published book shouldn't look self-published. No, <laughs> uh, it shouldn't the, look the, self-published. The quality remains the same. Yeah. Yes. So, gosh, I got like so many different follow-up questions here. <laughs> What, what, what are some examples of, you know, you said there's certain things you lose creative control and of ways that you would take someone. Uh, and I want to, if we have time touching this in the back half of this interview of how you take people from how to blog for profit um, to elite blogging Academy and kind of like what that funnel looks like and all that stuff. But, you know, you mentioned that there are certain things that you can't do when you traditionally publish a book that you can do when you self publish a book, that would be a part of that. So taking someone yeah. from reader to paying customer. What are those type of things for people who might not be familiar? So, well, one of the things that, that we do um, with how to blog for profit, the new, the newest version, because when I published the, the last edition of it in 2014, it was, I, I was actually not, not doing most of this stuff. I was just writing a book and putting it out yeah. there. It was before Elite Blog Academy even existed. But now that we've had Elite Blog Academy for a long time, I rewrote um, how to blog for profit recently and published the third edition of it. And so we have right there in the front is, you know, you can get a, get our free training right away. We want to send people to our, so not, not that there's not great information in the book, but we want to use the book as a way of sending people as, as a lead generator to send people into our website, to sign up for our free training, to be, then be on our email list and to be able to keep that conversation going. So the book is helping to establish that credibility because the book is really good. I mean, it's really solid information. It's people love it. It, it, That's why it sold so many copies. It's, I have so many people that read that book and they go, I had to take Elite Blog Academy because I read this book and it was so good and it was so clear and I knew exactly what I needed to do. So the way, so, I mean, that's one of the best ways that you can promote yourself, right? Is For to sure. give really good information away. And if people go, if their if her book is this good, then man, this course must be amazing. And it is. So that's like, that's exactly what I want it to do. And that's exactly the impression that I want people to have. But the other thing that we do is include lots of case studies in there, right? So all of my students I talk about and I tell their success stories well, that's great too, because people get excited when they hear stories and they hear about what people can do. So that's, that's another thing that you can do. So I think that it's just, and then one of the other things that you can do with a self-published book more easily, I have seen people do it with traditionally published books, but I think you're going to take a bigger hit on from a financial standpoint is that we do a free book funnel. 
um, now, and you've talked about that too, is that, right. so we do you a free plus shipping. Publisher. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. I have seen it done, but I think it's expensive for the author to do it that yeah, way. Yeah. Cause you're having to buy back the books at, yes. at your actual prices. At your author discount. Higher. Right, yeah. which is much okay. higher than I can buy them from Amazon. So. <laughs> For sure. Hey, let's circle back on the free plus shipping in just one minute. And final question on kind of the traditional publishing versus self-publishing front. What would you say to the person? Because I would imagine there's people listening or watching that are like, okay, Ruth, like you're never traditionally publishing again. That's cool, but you've already done it. Yeah. And so that's easy to say now as someone who has traditionally. Yeah. Like, do you think... If, if you were going back, would you still do it? Or what would be your recommendation for the people who maybe haven't published at all, either type of book? I, that's a good, it's a good question. And it's a fair, it's a fair question. But I think that you have to ask yourself, what are your motivations for wanting to publish a book? And there's some of them, then some of those motivations do make it make sense to have a traditional publisher. But if your motivation is because you want somebody to help you with the marketing that's not a good enough reason to, to, to go traditional publishing because your, your publisher is going to expect you to do all the marketing and they don't do it for you. And what ends up happening is you're ultimately disappointed because you think they're going to do more than they do when you know, it's all on you from the beginning. It's, I think that's easier. I think then, then you don't have expectations of someone else and you don't have to be disappointed about it. So that's not a good reason. Um, if your reason for wanting to do a traditionally published book is because you don't know how the logistics of how you would get it done or how you would do the editing or how you would do the formatting, there's people you can hire for that, that make that <laughs> will do the whole thing for you. Just, I did that for actually for all three of my self-published books the first time I just sent them to create space. And I think it's, it's called something different now, right? Kendall. Yeah. KDP Kendall. Print. Yep. Yeah. Kitty, KDP print. But at the time it was called create space and I just had them do it and I just paid, paid for it, you know, a thousand bucks and it was done. Yeah. And so there's, you don't have to worry too much about that side of it. That's not a good reason to go traditionally published. If you want to make the New York times list, I think that's a, maybe a better reason, but not an awesome reason because it's so arbitrary that even if you have thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that you're willing to spend in marketing and, and getting it out there, it's still such a crapshoot that you might as well just do it yourself and at least get to still have all the creative control and have some way of earning your money back on the back end. Um, I just, there's so, I don't know. Can you think of a good reason that you would want to traditional well, th publish? That's what I was just about asking. <laughs> I, I mean, don't think, that, <laughs> it, I don't it, think I, mean, I have it, it a sounds good like one. there is a 1%. Really for me, it's, if you're a Gary Vaynerchuk's, you know, size, Ruth Sukup size author that has like this massive following, can sell a ton of books. And I think there's really, uh, people think that a publisher is a publishing company. They're not so much, it's a distribution company. So mm -hmm. it's really the one, it's a one-legged stool and the advantage that publishers have kind of like, you know, my brother, who plays in need to breathe is in the record industry. It's like record labels. It's very similar. It's, they have distribution. So they have radio and, and uh, into stores, the same way with publishers, they have, you know, agents and into stores. So it's kind of a one-legged stool for distribution. So I think the only time that it makes sense is if you can get a huge advance, which, Oh, by the way, you're, you're going to have to spend most of that on the book. And, and there's a lot of clauses where you will actually have to pay it back if you don't sell mm -hmm. certain thresholds or you'll have to buy back books. So like definitely read the fine print, but if you can get a massive advance that you don't have to spend all on the actual marketing of the book, or maybe you are, cause maybe it's just a huge brand play, um, which, you know, there's a lot of people that traditionally publish a book in a two year pattern, like a Gary Vaynerchuk or someone who they're not trying to make money off of it. This is, it's a Trojan horse for their business, um, which right. e either way, I mean, you, you've spoke to that. That's what makes the most sense is using a book, to bring lead sales and referrals for your business. But then I think the other piece is international distribution and rights. So if you're trying to outside of the US, like really get expanded distribution, I think it can make sense. It's it's 1% of people that it makes sense for. And, the, and that's not- Gotta know your motives, like you said. Not necessary either, because like How to Blog yeah. for Profit, it has been published in I think 10 or 12 different languages. It's distributed all over the world. 
Um, I get contacted all the time. So I always just, when a, somebody from a different country wants to publish it, then I just refer them to my agent and he negotiates that. Uh, but cool. Yeah. So it's totally possible for self-published as well to have it international. And if you do, I will say there is that like thrill of seeing your book in a bookstore, which can be kind of cool until it goes on clearance. And that's not awesome. <laughs> you know, when it's on the bargain rack and you're like, oh, that's my book. <laughs> it's, it's 99 yeah. cents. Um, but, but you got to remember too, that like 98% of book sales these right. days, it's probably not 98%, but it's, it's like 90% of books go, are mm-hmm. sold through Amazon these days. Right. So that's not even a good enough reason. I don't think. hundred percent. And I've got a, for everyone listening and watching, I've, I've got a great episode with Pat Flynn where we talk about this exact thing. So how he got his self-published book into uh, Amazon or sorry, into bookstores and airport bookstores, which is kind of cool. So, hey, I want to I want to awesome. flip the script a little bit and okay. and just do a lightning round because I'm super curious about it and I think people <laughs> will get a lot out of this as well. All right. And so it's it's a lightning round all about um, how to blog for par- profit and how you know how you use that to grow Elite Blogging Academy. So I think one of the biggest questions that uh, uh, you know a lot of people have is you know they're thinking I want to do this online course and I want to do this book. And either they've got one or they've got neither, but it almost kind of becomes this chicken or the egg kind of conundrum. So what was your experience? I mean, you're someone who did the book first and then the course came after. What did that yep. experience look like? And then how has the book helped drive sales um, for Elite Blogging Academy? Oh my gosh, it's helped so much. I don't think Elite Blog Academy would be what it is today without how to blog for profit. I think that is even, even before I got more savvy about making sure that how to blog for profit was driving people directly to elite blog Academy, even without that, it was what put me on the map as a blogging authority. And also just gave me the credibility because it's really, because, because it's good. So that's, that's rule. Number one is give away good content. Don't be afraid that you can't put something in a book because you're giving it away for in your book and then you can't use it other places. First of all, that's just not true. We all need to hear information so many different times in so many different ways and formats before we it actually sinks in that if you put it in your book and it's also included in your course, you're going to be fine. And so when I created Elite Blog Academy the first time after having written uh, how to blog for profit, the course was actually structured pretty much in the same same exact way that the book was structured. And so it took, you know, and, but then what Mm. happened is because I was doing the course, this first, especially with the first launch of of Elite Blog Academy, I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never launched a course before and I put it out there. And then you have people, real live people who are asking you all these questions. And so what I realized is, oh my gosh, there's so much more information I need to give that then what's in the book. So I started creating all these bonuses and different things. And I, anytime people were asking me, I was just doing it on the fly. That's what a beta launch is. And that's how a beta launch should be. It's yes. anytime you're launching something the first time, there's so much you've forgotten. Even if you think you put it all in your book, it's there's people are going to ask you for that. So I wouldn't even worry about that. You just, people ask for it and you give it to them and you make it better. So then what happened was we ended up redoing the course. I think we're on EBA 4.0 now. Um, but we did 2.0, which was sort of brought it all together. Mm, and then 3.0 yeah. was as more people took the course and we got more feedback and things changed, we'd have to revamp it and revise it. So now we're to the point where it's 4.0 we've had, now we've had 12,000 students and you get, you, it just gets better and better all the time. Yeah, that's great. And I love it. It's get it down, then get it right. Yes. <laughs> get feedback and iterate. And it's funny, like literally at the time of recording this, um, this interview, we do betas still for every product that we launch. And so we, we just, to. we're at the end of our, um, we have PR and speaking for authors. Um, so how to get, you know, publicity, speaking gigs, PR, stuff like that. Um, but just this morning, I was looking at the wireframe of the curriculum that had been all improved because you got, I think we had 27 people go through and just stress test it uh, to improve it. So I always say when people are like, hey, which one do I do first, like the course or the book? I think there's no definitive answer. I just say, this is what worked for me, which was the book first, then the course. Obviously that will work. Will work it does you. work, but I will say that I think how to blog for profit now that I've done the course is so much better being able to go right. back now and rewrite it. And I rewrote mm-hmm. this, this newest version significantly and it needed to, it was, you know, six years since the last one. So right. it needed 
it's a fast changing industry. So it needed a lot of updates and a lot of changes to it. But I think I would probably tell people do a beta launch first before you write the book and then use your case studies in as that from the people that are taking your course to talk about in the book and the examples that you're using in the book. And I think that that can work really well, but again, you can do, you can do both. You could do either or it's chicken and the egg. They both, mm -hmm. they're both going to need to be improved. And that's another benefit of self-publishing versus traditionally publishing. Once you, you traditionally publish a book, it takes so long, then you don't get to edit it. You don't get to yeah, change it. Yeah. And you have no control over it. I look now at my book's that were published six years ago and go, man, I wish I could get the rights back to those so that I could go right. and edit and change things. And you can't, can't do yeah. it. I don't have the control over it. How, how many books would you say you've sold through your free plus shipping funnel for how to blog for profit? Oh, so we've only been doing that since, um, when did we start? December 26th this, of 2019. So at the time of this recording, mm -hmm. that's been about mm -hmm. just over three months. Okay. And, um, I think we have sold, I want to say 10,000. Okay. And what sort of, well, I mean, there's a couple of different questions here. Between so probably 10, between seven and seven and 10,000 probably. I don't How know. How much revenue numbers. would you say is, has been, would you attribute? I know this is like kind of rough and, and ballpark. Yep. Rough ballpark of how much revenue has come for Elite Blog Academy from this book. So that's the first question. And the second question uh, from this free plus shipping funnel. That's a good question. I don't know if I have the the exact numbers on that, the exact breakdown of where we're where we're at, but I will say that for that that for this free book funnel, it the way that we did it this year and it, it, because part of our email sequencing within the funnel was offering lower price products along the way. So it did, we had a, a order bump for the audio version, which did really well. Mm -hmm. And then we had a order bump for a digital product that was like a $19 digital product that did really well. So it was profitable right away. Um, instantly. So, so, which was, um, really cool. So we did, we started our lead gen for, we, we launch elite blog Academy once a year. We start, we do our launch the first week in March, every single year. And we start our lead. We, this year we started our lead gen or started building up our hot list as we call it for in advance of the launch. Is this getting too technical? No, it's this is okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we started our lead gen on December 26th. As soon as Christmas was done, we were like ready to go. And this year uh, we did all of our lead gen at a profit. So instead of saying, okay, we've got a budget, you know, we were expecting to do a, you know, a $2 million launch. We've got a budget of $250,000 for ads that we're just willing to spend for this time. We didn't want to do that. We didn't want to go into the launch having at a deficit. We wanted to go into the launch having already made our money back from the from the ad spend that we were putting out there. And so the free book funnel was part of that. And then we had um, two other smaller price digital products. So it was all part of a smaller funnel. Mm. So that leading into Elite Blog Academy, we had given, because what we also find is that with a, with a bigger program like Elite Blog Academy, which is a thousand dollars for the base level, and then there's a couple of uh, different tiers of it, that people need a little bit of time to get to know you and like you and trust you. It's a big ask, right? Somebody that's just hearing about you for the first time is going to be a little reluctant to just hand over a thousand dollars. So, um, we went into EBA this time wanting to have complete, complete profit going into it where we were like, no matter what we sell, we're going to be good. And we actually so ended great. up having, yeah. So we ended up doing, I think we did, I want to say 1.8 million in sales mm -hmm. for our launch this year, but it was our most profitable launch ever. So almost, almost pure profit. I think it was like 1.525 in profit. Get out of here. Out of wow, one point. Wow. And the <laughs> major of, yeah. shift in strategy was the break-even lead costs and leading yeah. with the free plus shipping funnel. Yes. And doing more of lead gen ourselves and focusing on less, uh, less on affiliates, but that's really neither here nor there for what we're talking about. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. And I, I would love to just dive into the, the full <laughs> free plus shipping funnel. Obviously we're running right at time here. So what I would say, and this is what I recommend is, you know, I had Russell Brunson on here. We're talking about his free plus shipping funnel. It's like, go mm -hmm. get the book and look at it. <laughs> uh, and so yeah. what I would really encourage for everyone here is go to, if you're thinking about doing a free plus shipping funnel, 
We've got other talks on that. I think we've got one with Onyx and Gall. There's one or two with Russell Brunson. Like there's, we cover that elsewhere. But if you're, if you're in a similar model and you want to, I do this all the time. If you want to see Ruth's free plus shipping funnel, go buy the book <laughs> and yeah, go, go through the funnel and see, oh, there's the audio book upsell. There's different stuff like that. Do you have a quick link that they can go to for Yeah, that? it's elitebloggacademy.com slash book. So it's easy. Okay. Um, but I do do that too. When I, whenever I see Facebook ads, I always click on them and then always purchase whatever it is. Cause I'm like, I want to see what this funnel looks like. But <laughs> oh yeah. Well, sometimes I'll click and the then worst. not purchase just to see how they retarget me. <laughs> oh <laughs> or yeah. Like go to the, and, and, or like it and see what, so I see more of those ads. Yeah. hundred percent. Hey, no, I got, I got a couple of final questions. I think it will um, be helpful for people here. So, you know, cl- uh, knocking on the door of 500,000, copies of this book sold what's moved the most copies all of our all of our funnel stuff i would say so before we did before we did the free plus shipping funnel we did um we did it as a digital um book and had a, a funnel that we ran for many years that way for lead gen for eba so that has moved a lot of copies but then also on amazon it just does well on amazon i got lots of reviews it did really well from the get-go um putting it out there i you know i just i put it it was one of those things where if you write something that people are asking for and then put it out there it starts to get this this momentum and that has mm-hmm. that has definitely helped it continue to sell, continue to sell on the Amazon. And to the point where I wasn't promoting it because it was so out of date that I actually didn't want people buying it, but we still had so many people buying it all the time that I was like, I got to re- rewrite this book right. and make sure that it's up to date. Cause I, it, then it, I feel like it was, ref- it was almost reflecting badly on me at a point because yeah. it was getting to be so out of date. <laughs> when your book still doing really so well though. Well that you feel bad. <laughs> Uh, the ultimate first so true. problem. <laughs> uh, but that, I, I totally feel where you're coming from. I think we'll, we'll probably update my recent book published for exactly that same reason. Because you're like, you know, we've got all these funnels now. We've got mm-hmm. different calls to action. We didn't even have a sales team when this book was written. So why not just have a, hey, want to get your book done? Click here to book a call with the team. Yeah. Or like, you know, go to self-publishingschool.com forward slash apply or whatever. But embedding all these new things, the new methodologies, everything makes for a better reading, reader experience. And then ultimately more customers, you know, people who read it and say, hey, I want to do more business with you. So, oh man, we could go all day on free plus shipping funnels, like on using a book to, to sell <laughs> courses. It, it sounds like, I mean, the big takeaway from this portion of the conversation for me is, is, is using it as the entry point for almost everything that you do to warm up leads and increase conversions. And yeah, honestly, not quite sure how much from a revenue perspective, my guess would be what hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars in course sales. Oh, millions of dollars in course sales. Yeah. Wow. Millions of dollars. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, millions. And I, I think that that's my, that would be the takeaway that I would want people to take out of it is that don't, don't get so involved in the vanity aspects of creating, of writing a book that you forget what your ultimate goals are. So if your ultimate goal is just to be a traditionally published author so that you can put that notch in your belt, then go do that. But if your ultimate goal is to have a business that is profitable, that's making money, be smart about it and realize right, realize from the get-go that your book is not your business, that being an author is not the end goal. It's a great, it's a great thing to say and it's, it's impressive for people, but ultimately that's not the thing that's going to make you the most money. So think of your yeah. book as your marketing tool for your business. I, tell, I have to tell my bloggers that all the time too. Your blog is not your business. Your mm-hmm. blog is a marketing tool mm-hmm. for your business and a book is the same exact thing. Awesome. Hey, I mean, I, I'm tempted to, to stop right there and we're in, um, I've got one, you know, kind of one final question, which is, well, two final questions. Um, but one final question, main question is what would be your advice to the Ruth from, you know, all the other Ruths that are listening to this, that are, you know, thinking about writing and publishing their first book, knowing what you know now, six books in. Six books in, I would say, don't overthink it and don't think that somebody else can do it better than you can. I think that, 
if I could go back and tell my, tell 2013 Ruth anything, it would be to trust your gut and just go and do it, put it out there. It's not going to be perfect. Make some mistakes with it, but learn from those mistakes and keep going because ultimately you will be the one to benefit from all of those things instead of someone else, instead of your publisher and your publisher is not going to do it for you. So trust your gut. Awesome. Love that. Now, Ruth, where can people go um, to grab how to blog for profit, to grab a copy of Do It Scared uh, and find out more about what you're up to? All the things. Yes. I have many websites. Uh, <laughs> <but> <laughs> luckily, they're all connected. So if you go to one, you can usually find all of them. So if you want the how to blog for profit, but go to eliteblogacademy.com slash book. Otherwise, if you want to learn more about Do It Scared or the podcast, go to doitscared.com. Um, or ruthsukup.com is fine too. Amazing. Well, Ruth, thank you so much. I know um, you're speaking to Author Advantage Live this year. So if people want to come see Ruth at the event, um, we'd love to have you there. We'll be in Orlando. So, you know, kind of your backyard, not totally, um, but in in the fall. So in September, depending on kind of when you're hearing this episode or uh, seeing this episode. So uh, I'm super excited to have you at the event at Author Advantage Live this year. It's going to be awesome. Be uh, and gonna I'm sure good. there's going to be a lot of people um, with Do It Scared books and and maybe even Blog for Profit books. And I know we we have so much overlap with our communities and, we do. and your people are awesome. So um, go to authoradvantagelive.com uh, if you're interested in seeing Ruth live uh, at Author Advantage Live this year. And Ruth, thanks again for coming on. Thanks, Chandler. Always fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you could be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you'd be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help this podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.